Welcome to Book Pile Banter. This is Amberly with Sarah and Kim. And today we are continuing with our books around the world. We are currently on North America with our first pick, which is from Canada. This was Sarah's pick. And it is The Marrow Thieves. And I'm going to apologize right now. I'm going to be butchering words today. I did not get the chance to look them up. So I just, I apologize now. Um, the book is by Cherie da- Dimeline. Uh, and was published in 2017 by Cormant, Cormant Books Incorporated. Cherie is a Matthias, Matthias uh, writer from Ontario, Canada, and is a founding editor of the for the Muskrat magazine. She's originally from the Georgian Bay area in Canada. The plot of the book is, in the future, everyone has lost the ability to dream, or rather everyone but the indigenous population who have become a commodity when it is discovered that in their bones is the ability to allow others to dream. This sends the indigenous people on the run again, trying to evade the new types of schools that have been set up to kill them, and find a way to stop the decimation of their people by the, uh, by the other's hands. Frenchie is one such individual, heading north with his found family. Um, that was the best way I could think of summarizing that because like, it's kind of a complex idea, but very good. So our first thing is discussing plot. Sarah, what did you think of the plot? It it was interesting. Don't sound excited. Did you enjoy this book? It was fine. Oh man. I mean, I I I didn't really have much of a feeling like thoughts or feelings about it one way or another. Um, I mean I read it. It was fine. It felt a little bit like what you kind the kind of book you would read in like high school. Which doesn't I mean it is young a adult thing. Yeah. No, but I mean like as a school assignment. Oh, okay. Yeah. Grapes of Wrath, Lord of Flies. Um I don't know why I, I like both of those books, but I mean like <laughs> Um, I don't know. I just, you know, it's, it's been a week and I couldn't really get into the mindset. That's Um, fair. You have had a rough week without going into details. (laughs) So like, I mean, I read it, it was fine, but at the end of the day, it was just like, it was an interesting book that I read. Glad I read it. Okay. Didn't wow me though, or I didn't really have any, I guess I cried a little bit at the end, but you know, Okay. It only made me cry. This <laughs> I guess no big tear deal. Up, not like okay, you know, tears. You know, it only elicited like emotions, but you know, that's it, I mean, eventually, book. but like the last like two book pages of the book. <laughs> okay, okay. okay. Yeah. Any other thoughts on the plot? Uh I mean, how do I want to put this? Uh fuck my brain is blank um i can go to kim if you want to have a chance to think no it's not going to help probably okay uh (laughs) not dystopian apocalyptic that's what i'm looking for um it is dystopian that's how they describe it online i mean yeah but it's kind of like also apocalyptic yeah oh my god there were too many syllables in that word so we're going to pretend i said it correctly Um, okay in the sense (laughs) that it's like society has been upended and like it's kind of a doomsday scenario, at least for, uh, well, the people who are going crazy and dying and then the people that they are hunting. Um, so, you know, yeah, 
just like end of the world kind of without being actual end of the world. Um, and I read a lot of books like that in the past. So in some ways this felt kind of familiar, mm-hmm. but with an obviously a very different take and perspective um, because like every single book I've read before, obviously it's just white protagonists in a very whitewashed <laughs> world. Um, especially ones written in like the fifties. Um, <laughs> so like, you know, I appreciated that perspective. I liked how it was written uh, in terms of like how the story was, how, how it played out and where it focused. Um, mm-hmm. I'm glad that it didn't dwell on like, because it is a young adult book. And you know, if this was like just a regular book that you'd find it would have a protagonist who would like get caught by the schools at probably like at some point in it and there might be a lot of detail as to what was going on a lot of focus and they would be the solution yes one villainous character that the person's kind of going against very narrow focus here and then yeah they'll magically find the answer they'll be the savior everything's going to be hunky-dory and we really don't have it play out that way in this book um which I love. It doesn't. Yeah, that that was nice. Um, we also didn't get a lot of focus. Like it says, oh, the dreams are in the marrow, and that's pretty much all the detail we get. It doesn't. Not a bunch of like pseudoscience kind of trying to explain it, which would have fallen flat. Not a lot of details to what they do in the schools. You know, you kind of just get a little glimpse, and that's all you need to see. Um, yeah. And yeah, and then there wasn't like one singular villain that you have to like deal with. It's just. People. You know. Yeah. Um <laughs> so like I feel like this kind of concept, it could have very easily come off very heavy-handed and just be like, mm-hmm. you know, not very effective, but the way it was written and the way the plot played out and where they focused, um, I think that was pretty effective. Okay. Yim, do you have anything to add to that? that was actually really detailed <laughs> it was it was sorry um, no, no, no it's no, good. good i was impressed <laughs> um i liked the fact that there was never the choice to ever present the other side um we always just got this little well what would what would i do or what would you know if if it was the other way around would i be out yeah. hunting um people in order to harvest them for the things I need if I needed it um and then you know so we never really got into a different perspective it was always from their perspective as being the um hunted rather than than who the hunters were and and it didn't pertain to the story and so it it made it a nice read we didn't have to we didn't have to think about the white perspective, for lack of a better, because it, yeah, yeah, I th- the majority was, perspective. Yeah, yeah, it was it was a little vague in some areas. It was Native Americans who were the solution, but then people, other people of color, were part of it also, and that kind of got a little murky in the storytelling as to who was who was what and and. Well, that came down to kind of like the weird like what were the percentages who was who was half who was what there was kind of a hint that those in the caribbean might have it but it was kind of hard to tell if it was you know 
because yeah. they're and that's, indigenous and that's what I'm caribbean that was, that was a little murky a little, a little yeah. fuzzy in the story not that I, I needed to be any other way but um yeah, i did i did stop. think about it as i was reading it yeah no and i liked the fact that when it came to like in person confrontations like those big battles were with people who were perceived as part of the indigenous community you know the situation that happened with riri and stuff that was someone who they believed was part of their group so other than like the big kind of showdown at the truck we weren't seeing them regularly facing off against the majority the dreamless um which was kind of nice we we really don't know the details of how the dreamless act other than we know that there are some who are collecting them in schools um and you know i honestly imagine that it's kind of how we have handled things in the past where the majority just pretends like it's not happening so you know i just imagine that all of these people um, the majority of people the dreamless are just you know going about their day-to-day lives picking up their dream juice um not thinking about how it's being obtained then we have those who are doing the obtaining and those who unfortunately are running in order to not be obtained um which again is something that has occurred many many times in history um is probably occurring right now in some capacity and is occurring i'm going to say i'm not going to say might be occurring is occurring in capacity right now as we speak with a whole lot of communities um is there anything else you wanted to say about the plot kim nope you're good okay um i I really enjoyed this book. I kept thinking about it. I kept going back to it. I kept wanting to know. Uh, I liked the fact that the plot played with what I expected to happen. And on some levels, the things I expected to happen did happen. But at the other times, it wasn't the norm. So, you know, do we touch on the schools? Yes. Do we, like, go into the school and, like, you know, have a showdown in the school? No, which I thought was pleasant. Did I think someone was going to get captured by the school? Yes. Did I expect it to be Minerva? No. I thought it was going to be Frenchie. Um, Or Mig. I did not think it was going to be Minerva. So I was pretty impressed with that. Um, And then there were just little things that were pleasant surprises. Like him coming, finding his dad. That ending. But we'll get to that when we get to ending. So I thoroughly enjoyed this book. It was so good. Um, And I liked the complexities of the different people who had different backgrounds and they're having to figure out how to work together. It's not just, Oh, we're indigenous and therefore we have to function together. There was a sense that you have individuals from different communities. Um, and maybe expectations and flow were different. I loved the stories within a story. God, that was my favorite thing. It always is. Um, so yeah, I really enjoyed the plot. So Sarah, what would you rate the plot? Hang on. Is this like a pause hang on? Uh, apparently. Where the frick is it? I had a chart. Oh. Okay, Sarah had to find a special chart that she found that helps her with this whole rating thing because these guys find me to be ambiguous with my 1 to 10, 0 to 10 numbering. <laughs> Why can't I send this? I don't know. I'm trying to send this to Kim, but 
What's it called? I don't know. I found it on Tumblr. Oh, well, that's how there is a title. Let's see. Kate's Guide to the 10 Point Rating System. Anyway, you can go ahead. I'll see if I can find it. If not, uh, I'll just keep doing it the way I've been doing it. I could try and see if I can send it through Instagram. I was trying to do it through uh, text, but um, a seven is what I would rate it. Okay. There, I sent it to you, Kim. So Sarah gives it a seven. Does Kim need a chance to look at that before she rates? No, I I um would give it an eight and a half eight and a half okay do 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 i give it hmm do i want to give it a nine or do i want to give it a ten i can't decide if i should be greedy with the tens or not is it no, an all-time personal favorite of yours I couldn't stop thinking about it. So yeah, okay, we're gonna then say it's a 10. ten. Give it a ten. <laughs> yeah, no, I decided to give it a ten. I was generous with tens previously, so I was like, nope, we can be generous with tens. Okay, so now main characters. Who do you guys consider the main characters for this? Frenchy. Okay. Was it Frenchy or French? It was both. both. Okay. His name was Francis. I just I said yeah, Francis, but then I was like Frenchy, or am I just thinking of like a like a french bulldog is that like in my head and it's actually not at all what he's called and i was like shit um uh, it's frenchy frenchy i would say miguan mig mig uh mig, yeah which again i apologize if we're saying these wrong i didn't have an audio book for this i don't know if i'd count, like i think i mean like, they're be more a secondary group. character yeah but yeah. like it was really just mostly french and like mig and then like, yeah. the other characters kind of came in and out yeah, I think narrative. the only other exception might be um, Minerva. No, uh, no da, da, she's da. just a second. I'm just trying to remember one of their group. I mean, I assume. Yeah, it was one of their group. Um... Oh, there we go. Riri, Chi Boy, uh, Wob. Wob? Just, just a Wob? moment. Uh, Rose, Minerva. I'm not gonna let it go. So, I'm gonna say in the context of the story that I think it should be Frenchie, Wob, and Miguan because they're the only ones that we get coming to stories. I mean, I guess, but Wob was always in the background with Chi Boy. Yeah, I wouldn't put Wob uh, as a main character. Like, she okay, didn't really that, stand. That would be. <laughs> That would be my only person who I think could be close to being a main character, but we can do Miguan and Frenchie. I'm totally cool with that. So, Kim, what did you think of Frenchie and uh, Miguan? Miguan? I want to know if I'm saying that right. Um, What did I think of them? Uh, I liked them. I mean, I don't... My brain isn't really into this today, so I'm I, I'm like, yeah, it's cool. I liked it, and that's as much thought as I can get to come into my brain. Um, I liked how authentic Frenchie came across um, for his age, um, his lack of ability to really understand his own rage and and um, how to handle it. Um, 
and then his, you know, mishandling of his developing relationship with Rose. Um, so just real quick to clarify, because I just found an Ojibwe um, pronunciation. It's Miguan. That would make sense. So Meek. Yep. Anyways, go ahead. Yep. So, yeah, I, I thought he was written very authentically. Um, I didn't like the first person perspective again. I think this story would have been, again, better suited to not being first person perspective. Um, his This one was written better than most because I did I wasn't annoyed with being in his mind. Um, most of them, I'm just like, by the end of the book, I'm like, will you just shut the fuck up? Um, I not every thought that comes into your head needs to come out of your mouth is what I used to say to the kids when they were younger, trying to teach them to keep some of the internal thoughts internal. Um, and that's how I feel when I read a first person book. It's like, not all of that needs to be there. Um, but I didn't have that feeling with, with him. I just, it was one particular scene and we'll get into that later. Um, that I didn't want to be first person perspective. Uh, and then as far as, as, Meek, is that what we're saying? Meek, Meek yeah. Um, I thought he was fantastic. I I like um, the elder type of, of characterization of Native American characters. And I thought um, this one was written very, very well. He wasn't preachy. He just, he told solid stories and he built on the stories in order to convey the meaning he was heading towards, um, but still gave his, the people he was telling the stories to time to develop their own perspective of what he was trying to convey. So um, I, I thought he was a particularly well-written character. I adored him. I also liked the progression of his character from being a almost hunter heading into being an elder. Um, so yeah, no, I liked that. What did you think, Sarah? Um, I mean, Meek was definitely my favorite character. Like he made the whole story for me. Um, yeah, I mean, no disagreements with like what Kim said about him. Um, I was really glad that he didn't like die or anything during the story because he was the only one that I was really invested in. Um, but yeah, no, I I thought he was a really well written character. I liked him as a person, like, and as a leader for the people. Uh, yeah, it's a stand up guy, and then Frenchie, like. Frenchie was good. Um, didn't really have any particular feelings about him one way or another, but I do think that he was, and I think Kim had mentioned, like he comes up very authentic as a person. Um, again, not your typical sanctimonious YA protagonist um, who thinks they know better and then is proven right by the narrative because they developed some magic power or something uh i yeah no i i did like frenchie i liked him kind of being the lens that you see the story through um 
a very relatable character. I like how he had moments where he definitely like just, especially with like Rose, where he was just not being perfect in any sense of the word. But like it's, you know. My thought is he was a very healthy depiction of a teen boy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Especially a later teen boy. Yeah. Yeah. And then just like the scene with the with Riri after she falls or yeah yeah and he just just fucking shoots that guy and I was like you know what yeah yeah. I feel you man I'm actually thing yeah it's like yep 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 so yeah no I I like Frenchie and I definitely really like Mead yeah I I mean I feel the same way I so because earlier you said you said that this felt like something that you would read in school um I think this would be better than, say, doing, like, Catcher in the Rye. Like, I think school should, n- like, I didn't do go away. I didn't uh, it, it's supposed to be, I like, mean, no, the quintess... I have read it. I have read it. I just don't okay. have to read it for school. I'm so, it. yeah, it's it's not great, but it tends to Everyone's be, like, a when phony. people... Yeah, That's when people think of, it. like, like, when they want to depict male characters, Catcher in the Rye, Teen Boy, like, is what comes to mind for most people. And it's how most males, like, found themselves. Um, I think it should be replaced with this. I think this is much a much healthier depiction of what it means to be a teen boy in an impossible situation. And that fine balance between trying to deal with your situation, trying to understand what it means for something to be family, and just trying to understand your own... Like See, romantic interests, and and I think the Outsiders is a wonderful book to 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 teach in in high school. I think this would be a nice modernization and um, more uh, you know uh, perspective inclusive, inclusive. Thank you. Than than <laughs> the Outsiders is. Um, yeah, I think it would be a good replacement for the Outsiders if you wanted to to have a more diverse cast of characters. Even though this yeah. is a very small limited <laughs> cast of characters and they're all of of one one group but um well not all of one group but um i think this would be a good replacement for the outsiders if, if the teacher yeah. wanted to do that or just just any like just trying to have a teen boy book i think this is a fantastic one for a healthy teen boy representation um i could appreciate frenchy's struggle um his struggle from the very i mean we're shown at the very beginning how young he was when he loses his brother and then we're kind of shown his maturing and like everything made sense for how he matured um and i was really actually quite proud of him by the end the choices he made there at the very very end um i was rooting for him to make those choices i was so happy he made those choices um and so I, I adored Frenchie actually. Um, and then Meeg was just I I liked Meeg. Meeg is a wonderful way to kind of pull the story forward. Um, I loved the gay representation with Meeg. Um, it just like and then just watching also his progression, both of them, they they go from being one thing and they progress so beautifully into a new role in their lives. I would say that this is one of the best qualities about this book. Every character progressed. Yeah. All of them. All of them progressed throughout this story. There was not one character that stayed stagnant. They all yeah. grew and developed and changed. 
Yeah. Um, so yeah, I love these two as main characters. I I I could not imagine imagine changing anything about them to make the book better. I just don't think it's possible. Uh possibly the perspective thing, but I don't think that's about the characters. I think that's the the writing choice. Yeah. So we'll get to that. One, it's one scene. One scene. Yeah, yeah, and we'll get to that. You'll get to discuss that. Okay. So Kim, what do you rate the main characters? Uh you know what? I'm gonna give them a ten. Okay. Sarah. Eight. Eight? Okay. I give them a ten too. Okay. Now secondary characters. Which is just about everybody else in the book. So talk about whoever you want to talk about. We don't have to cover them all because there are quite a few. Um, Sarah, what were your feelings on the secondary characters? Um, Didn't have a whole lot of feelings, to be honest. Okay. I mean, they were there. They fleshed out the story. They allowed, you know, Frenchie and Meek to develop. And, and they developed as well, obviously. And that was good, too, because... The whole, you know, it, it makes the story more realistic. Uh, if yeah. Everyone's kind of evolving too. But other, I mean, like Cheap Boy, for whatever reason, I kind of got attached to him because I remember when they were rescuing Minerva. I was like, I don't I know why. You would. There's not a lot there. <laughs> um, but like it's when just, they're rescuing he Minerva. fits your type somehow. Know. You know what? You say there's not a lot there, but he was a very specific, he had a very specific job and he did his job and he was willing to do it under every circumstances he was he was steadfast i i like yeah him. he was reliable you could count on him That's to true. um make a choice and and stick with it i liked him yeah sorry go ahead yeah. <laughs> um but yeah i was relieved when he was not the one that got shot oh man um because when he when meg specifically said that it wasn't him who got shot and it mentioned that Chi Boy had gone around the other end. I was like, oh crap. Yeah. Then it was Minerva, which was not great either, but um That I hurt. I that... knew it was coming, but like that hurt. <laughs> yeah, and then what? There was Rose, Bob, Riri. I don't really care about child characters, I'm sorry. Um <laughs> so it's like the whole cliff scene, I was like that's so funny okay oh i found um, that one gut-wrenching Revi was so sweet and the the brother-sister dynamic between her and frenchie was so endearing that that happened and i was just like oh man i wasn't expecting that I and that mean, hurt i got caught up in his rage when he was you know confronting the guy but like character herself like it i, okay. I guess it's sad to see them go through that but yeah <laughs> yeah uh, at the risk of being a terrible person, I just didn't really care about her very much. Um, other than that, what? There was Minerva. I might have mentioned her already. Yeah, I just... They were there. They were fine. Okay. No one was annoying. Okay. I almost said except Riri, but Riri wasn't annoying. She just... Yeah. I just so don't I, like children. I, I think one of the things that makes this book and these characters work so really well is because individually, they're... There's no one that stands out strongly as like a powerful character, you know, one that stands out, one that you're going to, you know, fall in love with, radiate towards. It's their interactions with each other that makes them. Mm. It's the family. Special. It's the family group. And 
Um, and it makes the family a character in and of itself in that in the way that they interact with each other. So you don't like child characters. And depending on how they're written, I do or I don't. Um, typically, people can't voice child characters very well. Riri was was voiced pretty well. She seemed appropriate for her age, the way she spoke and the things she thought about. But her interaction with Rose, her interaction with with Frenchie, um, and it, even just because it wasn't touched on a lot, but you could see that that they all really cared about her. Um, Minerva falling apart when she died because she had already Minerva had already lost a child and Riri was her replacement. That was gut wrenching. Um, and the fact that all of them were so destroyed when Riri was killed. Um, that's what makes this book work so well is the, that all of these characters interact with each other and that's what makes them unique and special, mm -hmm. not their individual individuality. It's their interactions. And even yeah. with the main characters, it's the interactions. It's not the individual because yeah, yes, Meeg stands out quite a bit because he is the storyteller of, of it. So he has that and he has that elder persona to him. But Frenchie, I don't think stands out as a unique character that is, you know, wonderful, wonderful, wonderful as most of your main characters would, but it's his interactions with the others as he's exploring yeah. the family that he lost and the family he obtained. And yeah. um, Advent, it started, it was like one of the first words is, is um, the advent of, and I'm like, does, what does Advent actually mean? And, it, and it's, um, and it's, um, it's when something unique happens i have to look it up again i don't remember exactly yeah. what the thing was but yeah i think that's what makes the secondary characters so cool anyway amber you can talk now i'll stop rambling no you're good you're good uh yeah i think for me it was i think of the secondary characters as the family um and it definitely is i think the the only exception might be because we got wob's story um, she stood out a little bit more for me, but only in the sense of how, like, painful her backstory was. Um, otherwise, everyone flowed with each other. It was about how they worked together, what happened to them when they did lose one of their members, you know, who, where was the slack picked up, you know, how did they fix this, how did their roles change then, um, I think the only one, and I'm not even sure, Slopper? Slopper? Oh Slopper. my gosh, I forgot about Slopper. Yeah, yep. that's the only one I think that was like maybe the weakest link in terms of remembering. Um, but like then he took on the role of educating the the young children at the end, and I thought, oh yeah, that's, that's so he's there and he, and he's quiet and he's in the background and he's the sleeper and he's he's he yeah. still had a very distinct personality. It just was yeah. It, was a it wasn't the strongest one. Yeah, yeah. it wasn't the, the biggest personality of the bunch. Um, but yeah, I really liked the the secondary characters. And I, I can't, other than, and even, even not just him, because he was a nice foil to Riri in terms of, like, to help age Riri down is we had the two of them to compare. Um, so there's no secondary character that I can imagine, like, pulling out. And the story still being able to continue forward. It feels kind of like a Jenga tower 
or not even a Jenga tower. It feels like uh, playing that game with the little sticks and you just try, if you keep trying to pull, you're just going to make it crash. I can't imagine this story without any of these characters in it. Um, I don't think it would quite hold up as well. So, Sarah, what is your rating for the secondary characters? Seven. Seven? Okay. Kim? I'm going to go with... See, I want to go with ten again, but I'm like... Mm-hmm. that's I'm just going to really load this book and yeah. Um, yeah, I'm still going to go with ten again. Ten? Okay. I'm going to go with a nine only because... The one, and I'm still not sure I'm saying his name right, is is the only exception that I could think of, of like not quite perfection because of that character. Slopper. But otherwise, it's Slopper. With is it Slopper? Yes. Okay, I wasn't sure. That's why I'm saying I, I, I have to give it a nine because I that character didn't stick as strongly in my head. Okay, so then our next character is plausibility. Next um, character. Oh, sorry. Next subject. Sorry. Category. Sorry. sorry. I got confused. I'm trying to keep track of time and get us through this without rushing you guys. So my brain's all over the place. So plausibility. Which feels like a really weird subject to talk about with this. Um, so I'll, I'll start us. I, I, I can believe that we as a society would do this. Yes. 110 percent have already done this i know but i mean like the whole has done this to a number of people i know but like i i I could believe this whole even now this whole it that's why i'm saying it's plausible i believe this i believe that this scenario would happen um i know this scenario has happened but i meant in terms of like the the killing people in order to extract precious bone marrow from them um i just i i could believe it um i there wasn't ever anything that i was like oh man that's not believable you know they they wouldn't come across that kind of situation like it it all felt organic and plausible um there was never anything that i was like no that wouldn't work out so well. And I think the only thing that maybe comes close, and I don't want to talk about it yet because I want to save it for talking about the ending, I was okay with. I needed it to happen. Um, so it worked for me for plausibility. What about you guys? Yeah, I, I thought it was perfectly... I mean, the the base core, everyone loses their dreams. I don't, I don't know how that would work. Um, I guess it's a chemical imbalance in the brain and it, it's, you know that part of it but i don't need that to make sense in order for the story to be a plausible story because it yeah it's not really what is central to it other than dreaming and storytelling is such a component of of the culture that um it's a good means to do that yeah so that's my view on it go ahead sarah um i mean yeah so, you know, rounding up and harvesting people. Um, I've said that's, I mean, if not harvesting, at least like exploiting them up, exploiting, interning them, murdering them. 
Um, obviously, these are things that have happened throughout history and unfortunately will probably continue happening. Um, so in that regard, obviously it feels plausible. It did feel perhaps a little exaggerated for like the, you know, the metaphor or whatever mm -hmm. term you want to use for like stealing the dreams of like, you know, indigenous people as, you know. Would that be an allegory? Probably. I'm I was trying to get to an A word, but I kept thinking of, um, well, all my brain kept pulling up anagram, which is definitely oh, yeah. not the right word. <laughs> I think allegory is what you were looking for. I yeah. know it's not alliteration. And the only other right word I could think of is allegory. I need to look that up. Yeah, you keep all talking. I could, the closest I could get was algorithm, which again, not at all. Algorithm? <laughs> I know. <laughs> you I mean like, anagram. <laughs> so I'm just, yeah, anagram, alle allegory, yeah. Um. So, I mean, it did feel a little exaggerated at times, but that's to be expected. Um, it is an allegory, a, a story, poem, or picture. Literary. Yeah. A story, poem, or picture that can be interpreted to reveal a hidden meaning, typically a moral or political one. The one so. thing that did throw me off, and I know why it was used, because it's very obviously trying to point back to the boarding schools but it's like there was no reason to really call those facilities schools they were not i mean like they were gathering up people and killing them but that's basically it i was thinking that too at one point however um meek does explain that originally they didn't realize that people were being killed in the schools they thought they were being rounded up and researched um because they talked about how initially they had volunteers going in and the volunteers were being found out that they weren't being allowed to leave so i think they originally called schools in order to like lessen the the like stress level i i don't think it was necessarily successful but like we as a majority of people would look at that and be like oh we're gonna call it a school that'll make it less stressful for people who have already I don't experienced think that that's true I mean, like in today's age, every well, at this point now, most people are aware of like the boarding schools. I mean, there was all that news about like the bodies and stuff or bones at this point that were found. I I could still see us very much being like, yeah, we're these are research schools. Um, and I think it just got shortened down to school and then the reality of it. But by then they were already calling them school or they call them school because it does remind them of the. Uh, what is the word? It's because it wasn't boarding school. We, I mean, they were... we only got the perspective of the people who were being put into the schools. We don't know what the actual people collecting them called yeah. them. I thought they referred to them as schools as well, though. I thought there were scenes where they were also talking about them, but maybe they were calling them schools because they were talking to the people with... who yeah. started yeah. calling them the schools. Because I, I, I never yeah. got the perspective that it was ever a belief that it was a literal school meaning yeah the, well I mean, right that's what but that's the when... thing it's like to me it just felt like it was pointing to obviously as like a symbol to oh i don't even I... think it was a point i think it was an overt thing that the writer was doing to just yeah right. but like, like i didn't like the exact how overt thing. it was yeah, it just yeah. felt too too like on the nose i guess i don't know yeah, I think it was necessary. Uh, just given the at least in the United States, I can't attest to Canada. 
the education level I've experienced from some people when I interact with them. Um, I think yeah, the writer a did a lot it. of people who don't know that yeah. Native Americans in the United States were as children taken from their families and literally put into schools and made to dress like Europeans and to not speak their own language and to not have their hair cut long and are allowed to grow out. A lot of people don't know. A lot of people I, don't know that the source of our education system started with these schools. Yeah. That's why we have a public school system. Yeah. Sorry, I I actually had a patron who who one time asked me for details and they said, but we've always been really nice to the indigenous populace. When did we start persecuting them? How old were they? I'm not going to disclose that. They were older. Um, however, again, I have interacted with enough people that I could believe that there are some people who um, aren't given enough information to be able to figure that out for themselves, so, possibly. So let me ask you both a question. Amber probably already knows this because she's probably yeah. already heard me rage on this. Do you know, Sarah, why we have a Pledge of Allegiance? Uh, yes. Because I've seen it come up several times. Do I have that memorized in my head? We Does have not a Pledge of Allegiance because when they took the kids from their their tribe, their nation, and they put them in these schools, they made them recite of a Pledge of Allegiance and they made them do it every single day so that they would lose their allegiance to their tribe and their nation and readjust their allegiance to the United States indoctrination that only yep that is the only reason why we have a pledge a pledge of allegiance and that's why we say it, it especially in grade school i don't did we do it in high school i don't remember doing it in high school we might have done it i don't first period or you know your your main class i don't know because weirdly enough i don't remember the government schools ever requiring us to do that <laughs> only like oh, certain certain yeah, states when i went to public school the beginning of every movie <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh. But to the, yeah, no, to the yeah, Star Spangled Banner. Pledge of Allegiance is, is so that we could re readjust these children's um okay. allegiance yeah. to from their their people to their nation. Yeah. I was thinking about nation. the addition of the under god to the pledge. Yeah, of no, under god came oh, yeah. later, much later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, the original pledge of allegiance. So our school source came from stealing children from Native American tribes. And our Pledge of Allegiance came from for, trying to force their allegiance to, to change from their families. And the land came from just uh, murdering. Yeah, yeah. And just saying, no, it's not yours. It's ours. Go away. Literally. Yeah. Go away. Yeah. So, yeah, I believe the necessity of the, the um, being overt with the schools. Just because it, this comes down to... This is so weird, but it pissed me off so much. I just feel like the so people much. who would read this voluntarily would already know about it, is the thing. I mean, I guess I mean, if it was like, being taught maybe, in school. Maybe, yeah. I'm just used to my literary books being a little bit more oblique about things, you know? So yeah, but this was young not... adult literary. Still. Again, but, so, again. what I what I was going to say in terms of education, I have questioned our education system as soon as I realized that Abraham Lincoln did not, in fact, start the Civil War to free the slaves. When I learned that I was taught that and then later on discovered, no, it's much more complicated than that, and he really didn't care about that, I was like, I do not trust anything I have ever learned 
because it could be a lie. <laughs> so it's not necessarily a lie. It's just a whitewashing, which that's yes, what I meant is by lying it's, it's, is it's, yeah. It's an overly simplistic view because they want to teach it in grade school. And yeah, anyway. But either way, I doubt the education system and the quality of education people get after experiencing that and realizing that was completely and utterly a fib in order to trick us into perception as to what the Civil War was about. Um, so yes, I very much believe that it being called a school needed to be that overt. So, we are on plausibility, right? Yeah. Yes. Okay, do you guys want to rate it? Sure. Sarah, go ahead. A seven. A seven? Okay. You guys are so energetic today. Kim. How are you talking? What are you talking about? Seven. You guys just look. Oh, oh, I mean, I'm tired and I'm hungry. I had to get up. Do I normally look I more to. excited? No, no. You look very tired. Thanks. <laughs> I know why you look tired and like it's reasonable, but you you just you don't look like you want to be here having this discussion. <laughs> I give it I'll give it an 8. Okay. Now, the ending. Do one of you want to go first or shall I go first? Um, the ending was gut-wrenching. Um, I cried. I didn't, like, sob, cry, but I cried. Um, I loved that he was Isaac. As soon as he was there, I kind of went, uh-oh, this is, this is somebody. Um, yeah. I loved the whole towel scene where, you know, his hair was wrapped up in a towel and then, and then... <laughs> it falls off and it comes out i'm like well i mean i knew he was native american before that happened but then it was like okay he's definitely you know now we've got that jet black hair um, well and they said long hair they didn't even say color of the hair they just said long hair and i went oh yeah um i loved the way it was written i loved that um frenchy realized who he was and then just took off running yeah Had to find meg and Mig and or Mig, 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 Mig. Thank you. Couldn't figure out the right vowel. Um, and then he and he just had to get there and had to get there. And then I love that Isaac figured it out almost immediately, also, and was running yeah. after him. Um, yeah, I mean, to so be fair, I, he started shouting for Mig like yeah, on yeah, the way yeah, there. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. But that Isaac was, was still on his foot. Because because yeah. Frenchie looked at him and he said, "Is your name Isaac?" And he's like, well, "Yeah. How do you know that?" How and you know he that? took yeah. off, and he just yeah. took off after him. Like he just he knew there yeah. was a reason for it. Yeah. No, I thought it was. I thought it was. It was awesome. It was a good ending. It was sad. Um, see, that's so funny. You keep describing it as sad. I thought it was a really happy ending. Uh, okay. Yes. I did okay. I just said sad. I said gut wrenching earlier. I didn't yeah. say sad. Um, so I don't actually mean sad. I mean um emotion evoking. Um, it was. And sadness is part of it because Meeg went through 
through so much and 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 experienced so much guilt over his own survival um and having abandoned Isaac but I and it finally made the later, choice to did, stop looking or yeah or yeah, stop he, searching he, and helping well and we find out later on in the story he actually knew fairly early on knew and I'm doing that near mm-hmm. quotes knew that that Isaac was dead um only to find out later that he made an assumption yeah um, but it was it was a valid assumption um since everybody else was nothing but a number on a vial yeah well yeah. and and then i liked the juxtaposition of frenchie was about to leave was mm-hmm. about to go with rose had decided to make the sacrifice of having found his father and being like okay now i i need to do more and in that instant it changed he and rose weren't going to leave anymore they had a new purpose. I really want to read the second book. I didn't realize there was a sequel to it. And I really want to know where it goes from there. Um, but like, I don't know. that I I was so happy. I when, it, when I realized it was, I was like, I was like, oh man. And he knows, and he dreams in. Anyways, I, sorry, it hurts so much. I was just, I don't know what I was going to say. I'm just in pain. <laughs> I can't remember what I was going to say. Oh, yeah. I was so excited to learn that he dreamed in Cree. And, like, and I remember earlier on, Meek had made some kind of comment about how Isaac knew the Cree language. And I had dismissed it because I was like, okay, yeah, he just knows it. Um, So I loved the fact that I had completely not banked on Isaac coming back and replacing Minerva in terms of the knowledge that they needed but it was set up there from the very beginning when mentioning Isaac that he was very in touch with his roots um and so it was just well thought out in my opinion I just I loved that ending it made me happy but I was not expecting a happy ending any other thoughts about the ending I didn't even give any Oh, do you have thoughts about the ending, Sarah? Oh, sorry, I'm I'm still in pain. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I actually spoiled the ending by accident. Uh, because I was checking how many pages there were, and so I was flipping, you know, the acknowledgments, and I flipped over like one page, and I saw something about Isaac. I was like, oh, I don't know who that is. Um, and then started reading again, and at some point, it brought up Isaac again. Isaac. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. But then, like, as the story progressed, I was like, oh, maybe, like, maybe they're just mentioning Isaac at the end. They don't actually meet up with him up until, like, they run into those group of people. And then I was like, oh, okay, it's going to be Isaac. They're going to, like, have the buffalo tattoo because that's come up multiple times and that'll be the key to how he figures it out, Um, which happened. But, I mean, despite that, even, like, kind of knowing what was happening before it was actually explicitly stated or shown, it's still... Mm -hmm was emotionally impactful for sure like i said i i didn't sob or really cry cry but i definitely teared up got a little emotional about it what's happening i'm so confused i didn't i didn't cry i was like shouting for joy (laughs) we had very different emotional responses to this the most emotional reaction i usually have to a book is tearing up so you know that's i actually had the strongest emotional reaction to the conversation between Frenchie and his father when he left to go 
meet up with okay Rose. that was my strongest emotional mm-hmm. reaction in the book which that was a strong emotional point I, I definitely was feeling like tearing up and that's again i was not expecting it to be a happy ending i was kind of expecting a sad end there like i was anticipating it um but i i was shouting for joy at the ending um in fact i think i shouted yes isaac (laughs) you know i feel like it was probably the best possible ending that you could get with the book um not like an explicit victory but Mm -hmm. certainly a very hopeful sets up a very hopeful future um because they perhaps possibly have the tools for victory in the future uh and yeah and isaac is still alive and that's great and frenchie hopefully won't leave after all and they can all kind of stick together and maybe rose can learn to communicate (laughs) yeah yeah instead of just feeling each other up (laughs) okay so sarah what do you rate the ending nine nine okay kim well since sarah went with a nine i gotta go with a ten okay i was thinking the same thing to a five if you want to do a six no 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 no, no. nope (laughs) ten okay mechanics I think it was solidly written. I loved the stories within a story. I was so excited at that. Um, I am a glutton for stories within a story. I love it. Why? You're there for a story. Why do I want to be sidetracked with some other information? I I have always loved stories within stories. stories meant something. I mean, yes. In this case, they were not. They were even progressing the story. Yeah. Yeah. But even so. I don't know. Not I love stories. I, cases, I don't like stories within stories. I'm like, it, uh, it's like uh, a flashback in a way. It's like yeah. I don't want I think to. You not always depth in a story without telling a different story. Um, oh no, no, no! I love stories within a well story done. as much as I love uh, an unreliable narrator. Okay, <laughs> that's a choice. It is. I. I. I don't. I don't know why. Um. I, I just since literary classes in high school, the first time I was introduced to the concept of story within a story, I've always loved it. There's just there's something about it. I love the pause that it gives for the original story. I love the details that it adds in. Um, Me, I'm just like, can we just get on with what's actually happening? Please, I don't need a break. I don't need a digression. I want to know what happens next in the present storyline. That's my yeah. take. Whenever this kind of thing comes up, <laughs> I know it is. I know I it is. But I love argue it. Argue that with Native American stories having these stories within a story where they it, it it's a, it's an important component of th- this type of literature because storytelling is such a component of their society. Um, and very cyclical yeah and and it makes it makes the story and and we talked about i think last week about you know or no it was when we had our our topic on diversity talking about how i loved the native american books and um it's because of this storytelling vibe to it to the stories that and and part of that is telling these other stories telling the 
the histories and and um, the verbal. And it usually has an it. impact on the future. Yeah. An Which I mean, I know story most stories within a stories you should do that, but yeah, there there is something cyclical about how it's done. Um, it's this is not an accurate description, but it's a very round round story within a storytelling as opposed to a book-ended story within a story. Um, which the only way I could provide an example for it, and it's not the best, is Conrad's Heart of Darkness is a story within a story, but it's a book-ended story within a story. It's not cyclical. While as this I would describe as more of a, a round, circular kind of story within a story. So, yeah. I'm I'm done saying story within a story. Really? <laughs> <laughs> any other mechanics you guys want to discuss <laughs> i want to know what scene kim wasn't happy about having first person in uh the the scene where riri goes over the cliff she wanted well, to witness I, it <laughs> no i don't like the fact that we got it from frenchie's point of view i kind of felt that because he didn't witness it he only saw it in in so the aftermath fact, yeah that his reaction was a little bit intense um meaning going and killing the other um the other person um i felt his reaction was appropriate but i think as a reader i would have dove into his reaction to it had i actually been witness as a reader to riri's demise um but i like brutal stories so I, it, it is most definitely my take on it. Um, I like them graphic. I like them brutal. And I don't mind it when you throw kids off cliffs or run off the cliff with them. Um, and I'm almost certain that the um, editor said we can't, we can't show Killing Riri. Um, I would almost bet that in an original version of this, Frenchie was actually there when Riri went off the off the cliff. Um, but that's just my, I don't know that for sure, but I would be almost certain with that. And then then they were told that's too much. Um, we, we don't murder children in young adult books. So I mean, anyway, we that's do, but we don't show it. Yeah, yeah. We vaguely yeah. allude to it. Yeah, we, we have the boot, you know, left on the cliffside and the realization that yeah the rest of the and then we turn around and shoot someone it's all good and then we shoot him in the head but that was an adult no in the chest i think he he oh yeah oh that's right the chest because it was a sure shot yeah you go for the sure shot go for the definite kill i mean although if you're at point blank range i feel like the head is perhaps a more that had more to do with what doing what his elders tell told him to do um than it was about actual whether he wouldn't have managed to to hit the forehead but yeah or between the eyes anything else on mechanics nope sarah no okay kim what do you rate mechanics um i'll take it down to a seven just because of that one scene okay sarah an eight okay I gave it a 10. I really enjoyed this book. 
<laughs> okay, predictability. We've kind of already discussed it a little bit. Is there any more about it that you guys want to kind of touch on? I mean, other than the fact that I ruined the whole Isaac surprise. The one but I would scene say that like... caught me that was completely unpredictable for me was uh -huh. when he, well, one, I wasn't sure he was going to leave. And I thought that scene with um, Frenchie and his father talking um, and he's there and he's, you know, he's upset, he's crying and his father is just like, and then he says, you know, I'm going to go. And, and the dad said, yes. And, and the dad was like, okay, that kind of surprised me. Okay. Um, I wasn't. Not because it surprised me that he chose one or the other. I wasn't sure what he was going to choose, so that was yeah. ha ha helpful to me. And then when he's when he's running down the the I say the road, whatever the, the yeah. trail, the path, and she's like, you know, dude, where are you going or whatever it is she said, and he you're like comes to a screeching halt. Like, what are you doing sitting there? And she's like, well, I'm waiting for you. Um, I thought that was a wonderfully. I did not predict either one of their choices um mm -hmm. I, you know which is kind of funny because i kind of played that same game i'm going to do that in air quotes with your father amber and it was like you know oh, yeah. i'm not going to be here when you get back when he joined the military and was going to was going to take off and he thought he was going to go do that all on his little lonesome and i went don't expect me to be here when you get back and she kind of did the same thing i'm not sticking around here just because you're here i'm going yeah and you need to make a choice now and um and he made a choice and and then she waited long enough for him to make the choice because sometimes it takes i won't say men particularly but it takes some people longer to make a decision than others so <laughs> so good unpredictable oh amber you're gone i'm gone she's there i hear you okay so predictability now that kim has hearing back sarah well did you have any comments on predictability I mean, like I said before, this didn't follow the usual formula of a YA book dystopian one. So I would say, like, mm -hmm. it subverted my expectations at, like, pretty much every possible beat. So I would say it actually was pretty unpredictable. Okay. In a good way. There were certain elements, and I was on F Fable. You guys didn't post as much on Fable. We don't have anyone I following us yet. Yeah, you know what? Fable what? sucks. Fable sucks because you can only do it on your phone. I don't like to type on my phone. I can't do it on my computer, so I'm not going to use it. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. I uh, have feelings about Fable. <laughs> I can tell. Um, And Kim's going, Fable? Wait, did I know that this was our book for Fable? No, can I also just say, yeah, Fable's like, oh, look, it's spoiler free because you can just post things and do post things in different categories but you know what they do they send you a notification with the friggin text that the person puts so if you're not no. along in the book you're like oh look Amberly's talking about this and it's like just a, you, you, not even like you click to expand it it's already expanded so you can read what that really? person's saying yes i oh, guess i could follow it but then i wouldn't even know if you posted so like, yeah okay maybe i might have to see if i can find us a different app that does a similar thing um because I liked multiple the times I was like, stop trying to spoil it. <laughs> I didn't I know you were posting anything. So I don't know. Yeah. How you follow her? Maybe if you don't follow her, you don't see it. No, I no. If she I follows. Follow. She probably doesn't have her notifications on. But I will no. then see I maybe. Just they were on. I wasn't getting any notifications. Oh, weird. weird. Okay, well, maybe I'll see if there's a different format. Particularly if we see that listeners want to participate. Because um, I don't want right, to spoil things for time. people. Yep, yep, yep. 
Um, what I was going to say, though, is on Fable, I'd be like, oh, that was predictable. That was unpredictable. That was predictable. That was unpredictable. But everything that I found predictable were, like, key story beats that I expected. Um, and it wasn't, like, dissatisfying predictable. It wasn't like, oh, my God, this is so boring. It's predictable. I was like, oh, yep, there's that. We, we've got to hit to address that at some point. It's been addressed. Um, and then that ending. That ending was so deliciously unpredictable um that it, it made me happy so uh to kind of keep going from there uh i give predictability a 10 i think this is one of the best unpredictable to predictable ratios that we've had so 10 from me sarah and from me oh kim says 10 i mean yes i don't like to use absolutes but this is one where i would give it a 10 Okay. And then we are going to be taking a pause. So there might be a change in sound um, just due to, to, uh, due to external factors. We're going to be taking a pause. We will be, the episode is continuing. There just might be a noise change for listeners. Okay. So we are going to now be discussing the category of emotional reaction for, well, not emotional reaction, emotional grading for this book um kim you want to get us started with your emotional thoughts on is the marrow thieves is this a category that we've done before yeah oh, okay yeah the last oh. book you gave it a two yes yes oh no no not oh. the last book sorry lucha of the night force you gave it a two but yes we have done emotional oh all the white spaces that's right yeah yeah i was also thinking of lucha when you said last book emotional thoughts i tried to talk like three times and you two just kept going um i <clears throat> had emotional reactions to it so yeah i liked it i gotta get back in the mode for this conversation it's yeah, so for the listener, if we sound slightly off, it's because we, we had to pause and come back and record another day. So we can't remember what we talked about last time. Um, as a refresher previous, well, refresher for you, Kim, the listeners listening to the episode all in one go. So like, it's not a refresher for them. You, yeah, you, you've been talking about your emotions this entire time. I know. That's why I'm like, I don't, I don't know what else to say. I, I okay, nothing else stick out to I you had, that you want to discuss? I had the teary eyes. I um, was happy at the end. I know yesterday or whenever we were talking last, I kept talking about how um, gut-wrenching, right? That's mm -hmm. this is the same conversation. How yes. gut-wrenching it was, but I meant gut-wrenching in a good way, not in a bad way. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Okay. What about you, Sarah? Any emotional thoughts? No. Um, I mean, like I said before, I was very disconnected during the read, yeah so i just wasn't really getting into it um it was fine no negative emotions and yes at the very very end it finally like kind of like i said i got the little teary-eyed with the with the like last two pages but even then like nothing there wasn't oh, like a swell of emotion so i had all kinds of emotions throughout this entire thing yeah. um the one that, like, I realized we haven't discussed is, like, Wob's backstory and what yeah. happened to her when she was a runner. And I just, like, I felt so badly for her when, because, and correct me if I'm wrong, she was 
gang raped, right? That's that's what was essentially oh. is multiple men raped her. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I just want because he never explicitly says it, obviously, because it's a young adult book. Um, and I don't even know, I don't know that I like that term, but I don't know another term for it. But yeah, that the term gang rape. No. I mean, obviously no one likes the term. <laughs> what but... I mean by that is is it just trying to understand here like obviously what's happening is not good in terms of for for wab um i just like i don't know group rape forced i don't multiple partners i don't know rape, it... rape would imply multiple people at the same time gang rape okay well tends I... to imply you're I... just there and they just keep coming they just i know i just i don't a... like using the word gang for it that's just like i don't know i don't know how to explain it but not then the point i i demand you come up with a better term and i don't, I don't better in a good way because it's 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 i know it's not good but like like gang like i don't know i don't know how to explain it it just it feels like i don't know it, it just I don't know. Are you saying gang is a good word or a bad word? I don't like that word for describing a group of men or a group of women um, or a group of both a, a, like sexually assaulting one person. So you're saying that gang for you has a positive connotation and so to apply it, this to the, uh, this act It doesn't a, have a no 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 it's not that gang has a positive connotation it's that gang is slang from particular cultures that has been appropriated by the mainstream um and so it it feels like it like implies a particular sorry it's okay yeah, i i just we recording so yeah yeah no no worries um but yeah no i just i feel like okay, so a better ter neutral term. It's obviously a bad thing that's happening, but not appropriating I, somebody I else's culture reading, to describe it. I don't. I think you're reading way too much into gang in this case. Um, like I said, I just I personally all, don't. All I wish it had a. To, yeah, I, I, I just don't know how you would phrase it a different way. Lay down, please. Oh, I know. Um, I completely and one hundred percent know. I, I, there's. I don't know any other way to use it, but like, I also just like I don't. This is a weird conversation. <laughs> it is. I'm sorry. I just like <laughs> my point though was I had an extreme emotional reaction to that moment because I just felt for her. She was just trying to survive. She was just trying to be a runner. She was doing what she was good at. And not only did those men stop her from like just doing her job, but they took it to such an extreme in order to break her down. Which I know is totally a commentary on, you know, missing women, indigenous women who do get assaulted regularly. Obviously, we've talked about that with Firekeeper's Daughter. That That is a norm that these women, unfortunately, experience and shouldn't. Um, and this was obviously a, a nod to or an, an acknowledgement of that. But man, I just, I was like, oh. And then to come across the men again. Yeah. 
the, like the one oof. Thing I would I would say I in this how to how to say this without it coming across weird. Um, they physically altered her appearance. Um, I'm trying to be very diplomatic in the, in the phrasing of yeah. It. And yet the the one thing that was said about her was how strikingly beautiful she was. Even though she didn't have an eye and she had a massive scar across her face. Um, so, and and she's strong and she's powerful. And so they didn't win. Um, oh, yeah. Most assuredly, they did not win. At in the, yeah, in their attempt at destroying her, they didn't win. Um, because she was still strikingly beautiful and she was yeah. still strong and and still fighting back and still surviving so yeah um, oh no most definitely her response to the situation was impressive her response to her attacker showing back up in the story was impressive um it was just an emotional moment that we hadn't really discussed yet um that i just wanted to draw attention to because it it i had a reaction to it well, yeah. I, I i felt for her um so now that we've had that weird conversation, mostly thanks to me, <laughs> Kim, what would you rate it emotionally? Um, uh, <laughs> we'll go with eight and a half. Eight and a half. Okay. Sarah? 6.5. Okay. I thought you were going to give it a solid five there. So... Better That's way too low, according to my chart. Oh, <laughs> I forgot you have a chart now. Uh, I give it a nine. Um, and really, that's only because ten is Dragon's Dawn level, and and Kim knows what I mean in the terms of the first time I read that, I came traipsing down the stairs, sobbing. <laughs> You're picking some really weird words today. Sorry. How often has that happened since Dragon Dawn? That's the thing. Is That's why something can't be a 10. Is It's so hard for me to have that emotional response. That like. It wasn't like, Dragon's Dawn. It was. Um, no, it's Dragon's Dawn. He the spaceship. Dawn. Yes, she does. He. You sobbed over. Robinson, you didn't see No, that. I saw Dragon's Dawn is the first time a book ever made me cry. Okay, I thought it was all the because, way because No, because of the space station. Space station. You mean the spaceship? Yes. I was thinking the same thing. I was like, there's no space the, station. <laughs> there's right. a difference between the space station and the spaceship. Sorry. She was trapped up there saying goodbye. Yeah, I was yeah, sobbing. Yeah. It was the but middle I I know exactly what scene you're talking yeah. about. It's my favorite <laughs> but yeah, scene of that's... all time in, in any book ever. Um, and that's, that's my names? 10. That no. was Salah. And um, oh, I don't I don't know how to say his name properly. Um, Telgar. It was Salah and Telgar. Trust me. All I right. know is... I always call her Salah. But yeah, Salah, yeah, Salah, Salah. It's S A L L A H. Say it how yeah. you will. It made me sob. <laughs> anyway, so there's her ten emotional. That's my ten. I have a suspicion that Lightbringer, the next uh, Pierce Brown book, may warrant the same reaction. <laughs> she missed your eye roll. That was awesome. She I did not miss her eye roll. I know that she eye rolled. <laughs> listen, listen. There are things I know when it comes to Severo. 
from what I've read so far that anyway they weren't crying so it's just an emotional manipulation no anyways readability Sarah how was the readability for this uh fine I mean like easy read again could not get into it but even so it wasn't like a chore to read I don't That's think good. I ever had to like reread something because I just wasn't paying enough attention so like you know perfectly okay. fine okay Kim I thought it was very readable I enjoyed it me too I, I kept thinking about coming back to read it I was trying to slowly pace myself but I kept myself like continuing to think about it so, Kim, what would you rate it? 10. A 10? Okay. Sarah. Um, I mean, this is going to make it sound like it was a hard read, but I have to follow the chart that I've since I've done it for other numbers, so I'm going to give it a 7. Okay. Okay. I give it a 10. It I was easy. I think we should all have to use the chart. I tried to I couldn't I couldn't see it very well on my phone. Sarah, you need to email us all the charts. I will even put the chart up on <laughs> our Podbean website so people have it for reference. Yeah, because um, when so, I did it through Instagram, it, it like shrunk it and then you couldn't really yeah, see it just, if you bl blowed it up. Blowed it up. Yeah, just blown it up. Blown. That's <laughs> it. Yeah, it got all pixelated and unreadable. Then email it to us and then I will I will share it. And I might even share it on social media or what have you if you get it to me. You don't have to email it to me right now. Because we I need to talk right about... Now. Well, I can right do that now. while you talk. That's true. Um, Lay down. Our... <laughs> yes, ma'am. Lay down. Roman, get over here. <laughs> She's talking to the dog. Uh, Who, the older he gets, I almost the more you obnoxious he gets. Email you was. almost asked me my email was, even though you just got an email from me for <laughs> Zoom. Um, so down. style. Kim, do you have any thoughts on style? Oh. I, you know what? Did it ring as true? Because, you know, me and Native American books, and they, they, they almost That cadence. To me. Yeah, they almost... This one didn't have it as strong as, say, Firekeeper's Daughter did, or any i can't remember which other ones we've read but um not quite as strong as those have been but it, it was there um i loved um it's a thing that that uh, native americans will talk about they point with their lips so they <laughs> they they or yeah nothing, but they point with their lips and, and he said that several times in there or wrote that several times in there and i'm like oh my god i love it i love it i love it because that's that's a <laughs> very very native american trait um that i hear about all the time uh so yeah uh, like i said not quite as strong as some some authors that i've i've encountered but it was still there just just not as not as powerful probably I... stronger oh. in his in his um story scenes where he was where there were where story meek not the author yeah because the author's female author. oh i kept saying he, he yeah that's that's why i was clarifying that i didn't remember the gender of the author so i just i i became very old and um 
inappropriate because I am, you know, <laughs> old. <laughs> yeah, just just they. They went unsure. Yeah, I wasn't um, unsure. I just assumed. So anyway, my thoughts on the style were I liked it. I liked the flow of their story. I think they actually did really good on pacing. Um, and a combination of going with like young adult norm of how a story should build while still contrasting the norm. So there were certain beats and expectations that I could find in there and I liked. Um, and then it changed it up a little bit. I mean, it changed it up enough that uh, I borrowed the author's newest book, Venko, from the library because I wanted to see if I like their style. So I like their style enough to want to test out their style for a second time. What about you, Sarah? Any thoughts on style? Mm, not particularly. Uh, it, again, spine, uh, concise, clear. Um, and like you mentioned, they kind of followed the YA beats, but had their own spin on them or, you know, that kind of thing, which I did appreciate. Um, I don't think that this is something like the author style. I would recognize it in another book if I wasn't told it was that same author, though. I don't know that I noticed like a strong difference there. And that's what I'm kind of curious about, which is why I want to read their next uh, another other one of their books is because I want to see if there is perhaps a voice to it that I didn't pick up on the first, you know, the first book I read. And if I read a second one, if I start to see that development of style um, as opposed to, I mean, obviously, we've had some books where we're like, oh, this is this person's voice and it is so clear. And then we've had other ones where like this could be anyone. Um, and so I'm, they're kind of they're in between for me. And so I'm wondering if she. If her voice is more subtle than some of the other ones that I've like could pick out. So, Sarah, what is your rating for style then? Seven. Seven. Okay. Nope. Nope. That's not your. There we go. Seven. Okay. Kim, what is your rating for style? I'm going to go seven and a half. Okay. I I think I go seven point five as well, um, only because I'm not going to suddenly adapt Sarah's chart. I do have it now, but I'm not going to suddenly adapt it when I, you know. <laughs> well, some of these didn't... categories it's hard to apply to as well. Yeah. But... Okay, so now for our overall scoring, we have Sarah. You rated it a seventy-six point five, which is actually your best rating yet. That's not surprising because the chart is less conservative than I would be. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I was like, wow, for being indifferent, you actually, like, I'm curious how this is going to affect your scoring going forward. <laughs> I am yeah, because really... I probably would have done more, like, fives or fours um, to be, like, more indifferent. But that's not really how the chart goes. So I'm going to stick with the chart interesting okay and then oh kim as well this was your highest rating so far at 88.5 well, i'm sure it's your highest as well uh let if me it's see. not i will be shocked well i guess you really liked sunbury no, trials it, it is my highest because i gave it a 93.5 um out of 100 yes it must be yes 10 categories. Yes. okay 
Yeah. 10 calories, 10 points. Um, which I loved Sunbearer Trials, but I will say, like, this is more... This is a book I could see schools using. We kind of mentioned that previously. And so, like, on a technical level, this book is stronger. But on, a, like, a pop culture level, I like Sunbearers better. Does that make sense? I think so. So, it, it makes sense to me why it's rated higher, which means this probably is our highest rated book. But I gotta do Z math. Mine was 93, I think, 0.5. Yes. Kim's was 88.5. And Sarah's, that's not Sarah. Sarah's is 76.5. We all rated at least one and a half point. Yeah. Okay. So that means this got a total of 258.5 out of 300. I'm pretty sure so that's it, our highest by far. It is. It is. It goes it and then Sunbearer Trials. Um. So, but it is kind of interesting. I'm curious because um, all the white spaces was uh, in our top three as well. I'm curious if because we're doing this around the world thing, if we're going to see our ratings continue to increase as we explore these different books that aren't maybe what we normally read on a day to day basis. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it makes sense. Sarah, does that make sense to you? I was like, do you need me to confirm it? What I don't know. You were just silently. like, <laughs> I wasn't sure because you just were staring into space. Um, I'm sorry. I got things going on in my life. You do. You do. I appreciate you being here and, and continuing <laughs> to make the effort to read. Uh, which our next episode is on the big five. That is our next book topic. Um, as a heads up for anyone who was anticipating us doing Red, White, and Royal Blue, um, we may have to delay that episode depending on what goes on with the SAG and Writers Guild strikes. Um, so that way then we are not crossing any picket lines by promoting movies or shows until they've got their agreement set, particularly since it is a streaming service that it's going to be on. Um but our next book is going to be The Daughter of Dr. Moreau, which I am so excited for. I'm excited for you guys to read this one. I've already read it because I love this author. Um, and I love the original that this is based on, which is The Island of Dr. Moreau, which is yes. by H.G. Wells. Yes. I've never read Wells. it, but I just looked it up. So. Oh, man. You've not read it? No. Sarah, have you read The Island of Dr. Moreau? Why would I have read that? Isn't that the one with the animals? Yes. Okay, well, I know the, that much. You know the just... premise. Okay. I, I just, like, I'm sitting here going, oh, man, I'm going to be, like, spending so much time talking about, like, the comparisons to the original. If you guys haven't read it, that was going to make my conversations really weird, which you've not read it, but you are familiar with the story. Um. The only reason why I'm familiar with the story is because Marlon Brando did a, a movie. Of course. I'm not. This is not shocking. You you have a sweet spot for Marlon Brando that I just. I, I love Marlon Brando. So that's our next book. Is, but I love him. <laughs> that will be our next book. Um, 
And that is our second one for the North America. So, on that note, our oh, intro and wait, outro. Wait, 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 wait. I had something I wanted to ask you, Amberly. Oh, okay. Did you, hear, did you hear that President Obama declared that all librarians are heroes? Oh. So you're a hero. He he. I try. A, he he released a try. thing and talked about librarians being on the front lines and and he was talking about uh, banning books and whatnot and how librarians are standing there and and fighting hard to stop as much as they can. So yeah, he called all so, librarians heroes. On on that note, a fun fact. I and I've mentioned this on social media. I had to do a. Sh I made a shark display because later this month is Shark Week. I cannot keep the display full. Yeah, I saw your 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 TikTok where you're talking about how everybody comes and picks up your shark books because oh my goodness, for some reason. yeah, I've refilled the display three times this weekend. We've <laughs> our branch is out of shark books. We have like like five shark books left. They're all the great white sharks, great white sharks. Like it's all almost the same book. So I have to get permission to start pulling books from other branches. <laughs> and we've probably gone through about almost we're heading towards 60 coloring pages. That's awesome. Um, Cause my display, it says prepare for shark weekend. It's got this cute little like chompy shark on it. Um, And I found that I could do it in black line as well as the color version that I did. And so we're like, we'll just print it off as a coloring page and the kids love it. It's really cute though, because the kids will be like, Oh look, it's just like the display. And then they'll like start to walk away and one of us will be like, you can take that to color. And they turn around and they go, I can color it? We're like, yeah, it's a coloring page. And they're just like, can I take two so I can bring one home to my brother? Like, yeah, <laughs> you Are can you take two. Their, their shark pictures up? Or, or They're taking them home. No one's turned one into us. I'm sure if someone turns one in, we might try to display it somehow because that would be really cute. Mm -hmm. Um. But no, they've been taking them home. No one's been coloring them at the library yet, which is perfectly fine. Um, but yeah, I cannot keep the shark coloring pages filled. We cannot keep the shark books. I had to order request a bunch from other branches. I'm sure by next weekend I will have to request more. Um, it's so adorable. And then I have to share one more and then we'll, we'll be done. Um, so one little girl... I say, oh, have you seen our shark books? And she's like, yes, sharks are amazing. I already grabbed a book, but I must inform you, they're not as cool as pandas. <laughs> like, okay, that's fair. Pandas are pretty cool. She's like, but I do like sharks, so I'll still read this shark book. It's just, it's not a panda. <laughs> Wait until she gets old enough to realize what idiot pandas actually are. So yeah, Sarah looks like she would like us to be done so she can yeah. go do serious, important things that she needs to do. Just talking is fine. I'm just playing around on the internet. <laughs> nope, we're good because I still got to edit this episode. So on that note, our intro and outro music is by Grant Newman and it's called The Battle of the Nile from Epidemic Sound. Don't forget to like, rate, or subscribe to Bookpile Banter on Spotify, Amazon Music, iTunes, or whichever platform you listen to your podcasts. We'd love to hear from you on any of our social media platforms, such as Instagram or TikTok. You can find us at book underscore pile underscore banter. You can support us on bookshop.org. Our link is available via our social media. And you can email us at bookpilebanter at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you.